recently, as far as Victoria Alonso goes. It's funny that people call it the X-Men. There's a lot of female um, of female superheroes in that X-Men group, so I think it's outdated. We kind of discussed this before the show began. She was unceremoniously fired from Marvel. Some people still have their theory and speculation, which at this point, that's all it is. She was over the visual effects for the MCU, which, you know, hey, if you were living in 2012, that was the time to be the super, you know, the supervisor of visual effects. I mean, they had a great looking Hulk at that time. No real complaints at that point. You know, even up to, I would say, the, the Winter Soldier era, the, the first movie that I can recall that had visual effects that made me raise an eyebrow was the first Black Panther. The final fight between T'Challa and Killmonger was just like, are you serious, bro? <laughs> and also, you know, some of the stuff earlier in the film with the rhinoceros and the, uh, how do you say rhinoceros plural? Is it rhinoceros or is it rhinoceroses? Uh, rhinocera. Rhinos. But that was at that time, that was the first time where we as fans of the MCU were kind of like raising our eyebrows a bit like, okay, the CGI doesn't look as good as it used to anymore. For sure. With Black Panther, I was so excited for Black Panther. Yeah. And watching, I was kind of like, I feel like the, these are not the same effects that I got when I watched Civil War. Yeah. You know? Because it was, it just seemed like a lot different of a movie. Now, of course, it's not, it's not Captain America. I love me some Captain America, but I was excited for Black Panther. I thought he was awesome. He was cool. I thought it was neat to see somebody different that I didn't know about. Something about the movie, I was just like, I, it's just not sticking with me. Now that you pointed it out, that's what it was. It was the visual effects. I, could, I just, I was kind of like. Oh no, it just it doesn't seem real. <laughs> that makes <Yeah>. sense. <laughs> well, when I mean when you're making one Marvel movie or one or two Marvel movies, you know, in an eight month period, and then you're making twelve Marvel movies and TV shows, and and you know you're you're splitting your resources and your teams, and I mean quality is going to go down the drain. You hit the nail right on the head, Dustin. That is where we have gotten ourselves to now, because. People, some people doubt Kevin Feige and they can do that all they want. And if this is just my personal opinion, but I think that he has a brilliant mind for the industry and he's been around and seen a lot like nobody else in Hollywood ever before and probably ever will. Even before the MCU started, he was involved in the first few X-Men films, the first few Spider-Man films. Him not being able to be as heavily involved in these projects like before and quality control as much as he probably was able to do before when you only had one film, two films maybe coming out every year, as opposed to now we're at the point where four films are coming out a year, five films are coming out a year. It's insane. And then on top of that, the Disney Plus shows. I think that that's probably a big part of it. It's almost like we've gotten to a point now where the storytelling and what the films are actually about is not as emphasized as political agendas i think that sometimes that type of stuff gets more of a priority than the actual storytelling like just tell me a good story even when the first avengers movie came out some people said well this film was really just a dumb movie and maybe it was but at the end of the day keeping it simple and just about you know oh the good guys beat the bad guys maybe that's just what that film needed the first and, Avengers film. Uh, and of course another one comes to mind is uh, captain marvel when i watch it, I was like, man, 
she does not struggle. Like she didn't struggle. Like yeah. she was just like, I am bad A. Even when I'm down, I'm not down. You know, it's like so with Captain Marvel, I felt with it, I was like, man, this movie just doesn't seem like a movie. There's no the the writing was terrible. It wasn't there was no story. And it was in some ways overly complicated. Like and maybe this is because I don't know about the character in the comics, but what was the all-knowing power, artificial intelligence type thing? Yeah, they're talking the central intelligence or whatever. That's the actual yeah. leader of the Kree in the comic books, yeah. Except in okay. the comics, it's like a big brain. It's not an actual person. Gotcha. Well, in the film, she was seeing like visually. AI type. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that, and, and that's, that's like I said, that's my personal opinion. With shows like She-Hulk, here's a, here's a good example. I personally, I get side eye looks all the time from my fellow comic book nerds uh, all the time because I like the show, but most people hated the show and they hated the fact that the villain at the end of the show was basically a representation of most of us fans. If you're a fan that doesn't like female heroes, then you're the villain of the show, you know, and it just kind of felt too over the nose. And some people didn't like the use of Matt Murdock and I personally did, but to me, watching that show and being an avid comic book lover and reader, uh, I know She-Hulk is fourth wall breaking all the time. So I actually personally found that very interesting that they tied real world thoughts and actions and, and things into that show. And because realistically, we're the ones out here. Well, some of us are out here, you know, bashing these shows for the agendas and stuff like that. And then that they add that into the show, you know, they make because that's what. End of the day, She-Hulk is just like Deadpool, and it's all about fourth wall breaking. Like, those two characters know that they're comic book characters. They know the real world is is there. And I, I don't know. I personally enjoyed that part of the show because um, it made it feel more like, well, this is really a She-Hulk comic book. You know what I mean? You enjoyed the social commentary. Yeah, because that's what She-Hulk is. <laughs> you know, you can't just have dumb fun movies like all the time that don't really have a deep thought provoking story. But I do think that it is possible to dip into that without getting too political. Like for instance, winter soldier was a really well put together movie that had that spy thriller elements to it, you know, and, and it, it had uh, things like uh, Artem Zola compared to the first Avenger. I thought it was a lot more darker. I enjoyed it. I enjoy watching that one. Now, of course, Civil War is going to be my favorite. The direction was dark and it had its, I mean, it it was good. I enjoyed it. In a way, you could say that Civil War had political aspects to it, but I like how it left the waters a little bit more murky as opposed to some of these newer projects that just kind of beat you over the head with it. And if you don't agree with our agenda, then basically they're saying that you are the villain of this show. Like I, I think that that's a little two on the nose, if you will. The Fox X-Men were guilty of this in some of the earlier films as well. Like sometimes just, like with the X-Men film, when I think of the first class, right? You had Darwin, the guy that just happened to be an African-American, and they literally, like, the camera pans to his face when they talk about you guys have been through all types of subjugation, this and that. And he said racism or slavery. He may have even said slavery. Like I can't remember exactly what he said, but as soon as they say that, the camera pans right to his face. The enslaved. In my opinion, that was just a little too on the nose, you know? Like, you need to give us these 
these stories like this where the waters are a little more murky to where you can kind of make up your own opinion about, you know, oh, I think that, you know, Captain America's side means this, you know, or Tony Stark's side means this. Kind of like a book in some ways, you know, like while you're reading the book, open for interpretation, right? That's one problem with some about why a lot of these MCU films and shows as well, all films are subjective. And this is just my personal opinion. I love Falcon the Winter Soldier. It's probably my favorite Disney Plus MCU show, but not for those reasons. <laughs> I just love the fact that the end of every episode had you on the edge of your seat like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen next? You know, Bucky and uh, Falcon are always so fun to see together. I think that they make a very interesting couple because they're kind of like the buddy cop duo, you know, in a lot of ways that are always like arguing and at each other's throats. But at the end of the day, they're always got, they always have each other's backs. What I really loved about that show was Zemo and the new uh, US agent, John Walker. There was a lot of really interesting, and the action was top notch. I mean, the first episode, you got Falcon coming out of the helicopter. That whole sequence felt like a big budget blockbuster. And that's what I wanted more of in some of these MCU films with shows like Loki. It was just like slower and more dialogue, which is not a bad thing, but you know, it just never really felt like it was on par with Marvel films. What I'm asking you guys is, do you think that the MCU, the direction, some of the things that are happening, the directions they're taking with the films, it's unlike Disney and Marvel to just straight up fire top tier employees like Victoria Alonzo, the person who might or might not have said one day, I think the term X-Men is outdated and we should start calling or considering other options like X-People. Or uh, just the mutants. Uh, did they say that on Deadpool too, though? <laughs> yeah, they did. That's the that's the funny thing to me. Like literally three years ago, four years ago, that was a joke. But now that's something that's like seriously being considered. What do you guys think? Do you think that the MCU and its direction and how things have been happening? Bob Chapek just got fired, you know, recently in the middle of the night, you know, on a at a Elton John concert. Then they bring back Bob Iger. Supposedly, he's going to be the savior. I mean, some of the decisions I think that he's made since he came back were good decisions. I think is the MCU doomed? Like, are we going to see something good come from any of this? <laughs> I've been thinking, like I've said before, I'm kind of uh, desensitized when it comes to, oh, a new Marvel movie comes out. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll, cool, I'll watch it at some point. At this point, I feel like I don't think it's bad. Either it'll be good decision or it's going to be just like it's been doing i don't think it's going to hurt anything they want to have a new perspective somebody maybe i don't know whatever younger or however they do stuff nowadays to have a different outlook so to speak and probably will be a good thing because gosh she's been doing it for so long how many of us have been in a job for so long that we just settle you know we're just like just cruising or no we're not trying to do our best Gosh, if she's been doing it that long, at some point, she's just like, yeah, I'm just collecting my check, you know? There's also complaints, right, Uh, Dustin, like from people in the visual effects department world, like the the deadlines are super tight, not just with Disney and Marvel, but the whole industry kind of has a uh, flaw there. Yeah, they're, well, a lot of us are being overworked. On average, on a film day, you're going to work like eight to 12 hours. But as far as I know, they were working some of these VR people were working 24 hour shifts, like having to sleep in the office, having to like, yeah. So it's, which 
like I said, if you're putting out 16 projects in a two year span, I mean, that's, and you only have so many visual artists. So let's say, let's say there's 30 people in your department and those 30 people have to do five Marvel TV shows in a year. You're going to be working them nonstop. So I think them bringing back Papa Iger to, uh, uh, you know, clean house. And that's what they're doing. Uh, they're cleaning house. They're saving money. I mean, look at Marvel. So they're putting Marvel. It used to be, you know, Marvel Entertainment and Marvel Studios were two separate entities, right? So Marvel Entertainment handled the comic books, you know, the things like that of that nature. And then, you know, Marvel Studios handled the, the movies. That's under one house now. They've combined everything into one single entity. And, and now it'll be uh, handled by one person, Kevin Feige. <laughs> so I think that uh, it, that's the route they're going. And honestly, I think, yeah, it's being told that she was fired it's going around that she was fired for things that she said and things like that. But uh, at the end of the day, I think she was just fired because of, of the Hulu they're just, film. They're just cutting, they're just cleaning house. They yeah, realized yeah. that I think it was we just don't need, for a change. We don't need her in this department. We, it, she does, she might not do anything anymore. You know what I mean? If they're combining everything, they're like, yeah, hey, Kevin can run this. You know, we don't and, need and, her. And financially, you know, they're not where they used to be six to eight years ago no. either. A lot of movie studios are struggling right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show, but you know Warner Brothers, one of the guests that I had on the show, he he mentioned this. I didn't look it up to verify, but he did mention that they were fifty billion dollars in debt, which I'm sure that's not very abnormal for some of these bigger movie studios. I know that Netflix is in a massive amount of debt. I mean, what do you do at this point? I think another big part of it is the movie theaters and how things have changed post pandemic era. That played a large part in things. Isn't uh, AMC kind of struggling, but they've been struggling for years. Yeah. So like with me, why should I go pay to go see a movie when I pay for this subscription every month where it'll just come out on it at some point, you know, yep. now that's where these movie studios are shooting themselves in the foot because they're not making it special anymore. No. When, a, when a film first comes out, it needs to be, Eight months only in theaters. If you don't see this movie when it comes out in theaters, you might have to wait a year before year. you get to see it on a streaming network. In my opinion, that's what's happening here. Disney is one of, one of the few studios that actually gets that aspect of things, you know. And they very reluctantly did the whole day and day release with Black Widow during the pandemic. But they uh, really pumped. quickly pumped the brakes on that. Black Widow was just, it wasn't a strong movie. It was okay. I think yeah. uh, having. Uh, task master in there was awesome but so, it could have made a lot more money if it would have been released in theaters oh exactly exactly so i think that's what kind of hurt all these comic book movies with i guess with marvel and heck even dc i think the last movie we went and saw in theaters was the batman and guess what i think like a month later it was on hbo max so yeah, in my brain i was like dang why did i pay for to go see this movie like almost like $40 to go see this movie when it was going to be on HBO. I think that definitely hurt them a good bit. And like with the new Avatar movie, Claire loves Avatar. She wants to see the new one. And she's like, oh, well, we just rent it. I was like, no, nah, it'll be on Disney in about probably six months. <laughs> it's, I checked uh, Voodoo. I don't know if you guys use Voodoo, but it's literally on Voodoo today to rent. So the theatrical window has changed. It used to be uh, six months. 
And now the theatrical window is 45 days. So Which that's right, 45 days. That's the amount of time that a movie is not allowed to be on streaming or like on physical media. But now studios are even getting away with, well, we're going to cut that down to 20 days. Why do they want to do that? Attention Why? span. So, it's the streaming wars, right? Pretty much all these studios own their own streaming services now, and they yeah. have to get all the subscribers. They have to get all that information. They have to get those upfront payments. So it, look what Warner Brothers did in 2020 and 2021 when they put all of those big temple movies straight onto their streaming service, bypassing the theaters. They lost billions of dollars. Yeah, I, I don't... It doesn't... It's common sense. Like, you obviously... Godzilla versus Kong. That should have been in theaters. Mortal Kombat. That could have been a billion-dollar movie. Like, those movies lost millions, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's insane. And now, two years later, that's why all these studios are deeply in the red. They messed up. They messed up bad. They dug the hole themselves. And this is not going to be good for us as fans because if things continue to trend this direction – Movie budgets are going to go down big time, and we're going to see that. You think we're complaining about the CGI and, and She-Hulk now? Huh. Just wait a couple of years. Things keep going this direction. We are starting to see a trend. I'll tell you right now, the past two years, best time for horror movies and indie movies. So yeah. I think, I think you know, maybe these studios are learning that, wait a minute, I can make – a hit movie for $30 million. I don't need to spend oh, $200 million. Dude. Like, uh, for example, because I love horror movies, horror movies, can't talk, The Barbarian. Yes. I knew nothing about this movie, except when I turned on HBO, Barbarian. You're like, oh, horror suspense, sign me up. And I just started watching. And by the end of it, me and my wife were just like, you know, it, <laughs> it just... Leaves that on your face because you don't know anything about this movie. It just popped up. It just showed up, and you're I just like, seen it, "So don't spoil it. I might watch it tonight." Oh, no, no, no. Trust oh, me. It's fantastic. It's you you so see good. it? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's whoa. Uh, Dustin made a great point. Like, like this is the time for indie films. Something like just like with Barbarian, there was no advertisement. There was nothing on TikTok. I think if I have a horror movie and there's nothing going on, I have nothing. I'm just like, oh. This is a movie that just came out today. Oh, I'm going to let me just see what this is about. Gosh. And that's why Barbar- uh, Barbarian did so well was because there you, do, you didn't know anything about it. I don't even know if it's still on HBO, but I definitely think just like, what is it? Uh, Schmerard, oh, whatever that movie. Yeah. I didn't think of it. Yeah. Skin Mark. <laughs> so- yeah. That's another good point too. These Marvel movies, everything gets spoiled now. I mean, yeah, there's no, we went into Dr. Strange. Knowing everything. <laughs> yeah, knowing way too much. You know, I mean, you know how hard it was for me to keep it inside. Like I had pretty much had to avoid uh, social media when uh, the Spider-Man movie came out with oh, yeah. Toby and you know with Andrew, and I was just like, I didn't know anything. I was like, okay, I don't. I'd like, please, nobody talk to me about it. I don't want to hear anything. Can't look at Facebook, Instagram, nothing. And then next thing you know, I'm on Instagram and it, I just see a picture of Toby. I'm like, no, nah! like all that time ruined. I could because I didn't have a chance to watch the movie yet. But yeah, yeah that's tough. Sucks. Movies like Internet. that, you got it. You got to go see it opening night or opening weekend at least. It's just so unfortunate. We can't with the social media aspect with Instagram. Oh, I have to be the first one 
to post about this in credit scene so I can get these yep. likes and all that. It's just, you know, got to got to get that uh that attention. Let me ask you guys this. We're we're going to go back to politics just for a second, but do you think that in this era that we live in right now that there is too much of an emphasis put on identity politics in films? Do you think that that helps or hurts the future of the MCU? And, you know, like I said, I mean, you see you see this sort of thing a lot like uh, sometimes it comes across feeling way too forced. For example, in Avengers Endgame, the the little moment there where all the female heroes just happen to be together at the same time, same place. In my opinion, that felt very forced. But when you go back to Infinity War, the moment with Black Widow, Okoye, and Wanda, it was all three chicks, but it felt very organic. It came about very organically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it felt a lot more natural. Yeah. And then like with Endgame, you're like, eh, see what they did there. I don't know. It just didn't seem to fit. It seemed more random to put in there. Like they were like, Hey, we have to have a scene with all the women and that's it. Okay. I'm gonna be honest with you with the, with the uh, things like that, besides for she Hulk, because it was done on purpose. I guess I don't personally, I, I guess I, I go into the film, into any movie and I just enjoy the movie for what it is. I don't really realize the politics of everything until I go online and I see everybody talking about things like that so i guess uh to me i get it the avengers endgame with all the women together i could see how it was forced and all the things like that but i guess at the time of watching it i was just like oh this is this is really cool <laughs> like i said besides she hulk i guess i don't really pay attention to it all i was too busy drinking up uh captain america holding molnir i was like <gasps> <sighs> yeah that was amazing yeah. i get goosebumps Every time I watch that scene, I'm not yeah. joking. Every time I watch that scene, it's like, oh, goosebumps instantly. In the grand scheme of things, the the identity politics could be something that's leading to some of the more negative reception now. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's even the top three things on the list that's causing the cataclysmic events that are going down right now for Disney Marvel. The number one biggest thing right now is what we talked about earlier, to me, at least in my opinion is the current climate of movie theaters, of movie industry in general, how a lot of these studios are in so much debt because of the content wars. They're so busy trying to create more content and getting a leg up on the competition that they're not putting as much focus into just giving us a good story. Netflix, for example, they are so busy trying to play catch up with studios like Marvel and I'm sorry, Disney, Warner brothers, you know, some of the big ones, uh, even Lionsgate, but Lionsgate, Lionsgate does, you know, Peacock, some of these other studios, right? Universal. They don't put as much, at least in my opinion, as a, much of an emphasis on quality over quantity. That's kind of what we're getting a lot of these days, which is also driving audiences away from the theater. It's making people not care as much. And, you know, it's a, it's harder to get people back into the theaters at this point now, too. We've all got a, accustomed to being able to stream stuff right at home, like Wyatt said earlier. 45 days after the theater hits, I mean, after the movie hits theaters anyway. So what's the point of even going to the theaters anymore for most casual people that don't love the theater experience like myself? And I think yeah. with me having a little one, for sure, I'm just like, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be that parent that brings their kid into a movie theater with their kid crying. I mean, who, who wants to be that yeah. person? And I know it happens a lot. Now, I did say that when uh, the new Flash comes out, because... Michael Keaton is my, he's my Batman that I will make a point to go see that in theaters because I have to, oh, yeah. but that'll probably be the 
first one that I'll go see in a long time. I, don't, I haven't had the feeling to be like, oh, man, I want to see that in theaters. I just haven't had that because everything is just so overplayed, comes out on some streaming service. So I just feel like I'll just wait. I, I, I waited this long. Might as well. Yeah, I think I it's um, it's a couple of things. Uh, comic book fatigue between all the studios, even the independent studios, they're just putting out too much comic book superhero genre type films right now. And people are just kind of over it, I think. Kind of happened with the Western genre. They popped yeah. out too many Westerns, that, you know, and eventually it, it didn't so much die off, but people didn't watch it. But the theaters, I think it's a couple of things. It's you can watch it at home and not pay for it, if, you know. And to another reason, people can't afford the theater anymore. Yeah. I, if when I do, I do. $40. So, yeah. If I go out with the girlfriend to a movie, I mean, you're talking $50, $60. Yeah. I was going to say know? more than 40. Why? You're, you're I'm talking about no food. Bucks. <laughs> I'm not oh, talking about yeah, food. <laughs> you get no food and you just get, I mean, your tickets are now, depending on where you live. I live in a big city. So it's like, you know, 12 to $15 a person. Yeah, it, so it's a couple of factors. The big thing is the fatigue. They got to calm it down a bit. Go back to the three comic book movies yeah. a year. You know, give us one at Christmas. Give us one in the summer. Give us one towards the end of the summer. You know? Yeah, give us characters that we really, really want to see. Yeah, We we as an audience really want to see the X-Men come back. I, I mean, I know that's they, something that they've, they've been working on for years, and they didn't want to rush into it, which I get. Well, but. okay, so uh, with the X-Men thing, and a lot of people don't realize this, with the contract with Disney and Fox, Marvel can't actually do anything with the X-Men until 2025 legally. I didn't think that was the case because... It is the case. That's why you. That's why they haven't recast these characters. That's why we get Charles Xavier. You know, That's why we're going to get Logan. That's why they can't recast these characters until 2025. It's also why Kevin Feige never talks about them doesn't bring him up and he can't not until 2020 watch come 2025 you're gonna start seeing a lot more stuff to do with the x-men well i know oh. that when the rights were acquired by disney kevin feige straight up said that you're not going to see anything from the x-men until at least five years from now which was 2018 so that yeah. would be 2023 which is now that would be five years later from what i've seen is 2025 so seven years well you are I getting don't... deadpool well no that's not gonna be this year I don't know. Next year is yeah, 2024 when we year. get the, yeah. the right, Dustin. 2024. 20, yeah, that's it's ne yeah. Deadpool's next year, but that is that's the like, older. That's the first like movie, somewhat, yeah. but loosely connected, and he's also an established character. Maybe Dustin's right. I don't know. I need to look that up myself and, and check it out. But yeah, that's why they haven't. It's also why during all these uh, cons and press tours and stuff, Kevin Feige never mentions the new cast of any of these properties. Like with Fantastic Four, spoiler alert, he's had Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman casted for the past two years, but he can't talk about that stuff. Is it going to be, what's his name? It is not Jim from The Office. Yeah, I hate John, that I have to make that reference. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not John. No, that cameo in Doctor Strange. That, that was, was fan cast. That was for us. That was for the fans. Yeah, that was fan cast. It still yeah. would have been good though. And honestly, I wasn't very impressed with Jim. I hate to say that, but uh, I wasn't impressed with his performance as eh. Mr. Fantastic. I mean, really? he only I had like a fantastic job. He only had like <laughs> ten <laughs> words. <laughs> like compared to like the other Fantastic Four movies, I think Redemption Story is always smart because, gosh, you got Chris Evans. He's been several different comic 
book character, so to speak. Because because wasn't Push wasn't that like a comic that's book? A, that's an indie comic, yeah. Yeah, it's by and then of course Mr. Uh, Human Torch, Human Torch, or whatever. Um, and also in, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yep, Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim. Like I said, so you know, just let it happen. And also in the Losers. The Losers. Oh, he is. That's right, because that. he's got the goatee. <laughs> yep. I think that John did a great job, but of course, with the old Fantastic Four movies, they were, I enjoy them for what they were. I don't think that the acting was was very strong for them at all. I, Mr. Fantastic, I don't even really remember him that much, honestly. I, of course, I just remember Human Torch and Jessica Alba as a kid watching those movies. And of course, Silver Surfer, because he's just- I liked awesome. Ben Grimm in those movies. I thought he was good. John yeah. Chiklis or Michael Chiklis? Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis. It yeah. seemed like the uh, villain, so to speak, was more memorable. Well, the comic book. That wasn't uh, a big... Uh, you didn't like Doctor Doom from the first one? Nah. <laughs> we have, haven't seen in years. We have, <laughs> we have yet to get an actual Doctor Doom in live action. Yep. Okay. Like, a, the, the comic book Doctor Doom is amazing. Yeah. He is also like a Thanos-level villain, so... Oh, yeah. From Lat- Latveria... The the dictator type, you know, I mean, he's he's next level. But see, I didn't know anything with a comic book, you know, going into those. But I think that Jake uh, Gyllenhaal did a great job as Stereo. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, he did yeah. good. For me playing the games, because I didn't, and of course the show, but I didn't read the comics, so I don't know anything, you know. So I was just going into this from what I knew from cartoons and the games. So I thought, man, he did pretty good. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, here, here's here's the truth. At the end of the day, a lot of people on YouTube and various other social media, you know, commentators like us, we paint this picture of doom and gloom, but I don't think you can make that assumption yet for Marvel and Disney. At the Not end at of the day, they are at least a year or two away from doom and gloom scenario. They still have lots of money. They still have lots of people that are, it's just ingrained into their DNA to love and adore and go see these Marvel films as soon as they come out. Maybe not quite on the level like it used to be, but still, you still have an enormous, and and, and you have some movies that are going to come out. Honestly, even the new Captain America movie, Captain America 4, then you have the uh, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds Deadpool 3, then you have these newer Avenger films coming out. What they decide to do with Jonathan Majors, we still don't know yet at this point, but those two Avenger films are going to be great. They're going to be epic, right? That Secret Wars has the potential to be the craziest. If you read the comic book, Secret Wars, it's every character. Like, they could literally give us all the... You could literally have Ben Affleck come in as Daredevil and have his Daredevil right next to Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I mean, it's it's going to be insane. So I would enjoy insane. that very much. I mean, and the old school Fantastic Four coming in with the new, the new Fantastic Four. That would be, that would be. You cool. could have Chris, Chris Evans, Evans Human Torch next to Chris Evans Captain America. Like that'd be, that'd be hilarious. That would be awesome. Um, wild. Yeah, I think we're gonna I get think, some moments like that. I, I really do. Uh, I think we're gonna get some, you know, Tobey Maguire right next to Hugh Jackman moments. Oh, we're yeah. gonna get. It, it's gonna I'm, be wild. I'm hoping for Tom Cruise's Robert da- or Tom Cruise Iron Man next to RDJ's Iron Man. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like I said, guys, at the end of the day, I don't think that they're truly doomed as of now. Talk to me in two years and get my opinion then. But as of right now, 
I think that things for the most part, even with Ant-Man, you know, we have so many fans that act like if a Marvel movie doesn't make a billion dollars, it's a complete failure. That is insane. You know how much money a billion dollars is? Even when you have a, a movie that has a budget that ballooned up to maybe 400 million total and all their costs, if they're making $50 million profit, it's $50 million profit. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's not like they're losing money. You can consider it a flop, but I think a movie for it to technically be a flop needs to lose money. I don't think Marvel's at that point yet. Even um, Thor Love and Thunder made $800 million, which is no joke. $800 million is a lot of chunk of change. I watched that movie again, which I would probably never watch it again. <laughs> but if I did, I would just watch it for Christian Bale's performance. Yeah. It was just top tier, man. It was, it was like watching two different movies. Like it really was to me. Yeah, like, it was, yeah, you had Christian Bale so dark, and he was just like bad a man and like a poor villain, so to speak. And then you got even the his bright colors, even his origin. Yeah, yeah, it was just watching. It was like watching two different movies. I think with the whole Victoria situation, you don't just get fired overnight in those kind of big wig positions. To me, maybe you do. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not to that point, unfortunately. But I think that. All that stuff, there's a plan. They they have a plan in place. That was everything is done in a very uh strategical manner. So I don't think part of the plan. That's, that's exactly right. This is Marvel Doomed. Nah. There's you're gonna have guys, they're gonna go see the movies, they're gonna watch it, they're gonna support because that's their childhood. That's what they want their kids' childhood to be, because gosh, you know, we live in the I mean, these kids were these toys, man. I'd be seeing the Captain America shield. I was like, dang, I want that. Some of these toys that they come out so that I don't see Marvel having a hard time picking it back up. But yeah, like you said, now as far as five years from now, I don't know, but I don't know where we're going to be in five years from now. <laughs> if this country will still even be here. Dude, AI yeah. is going to kill us all next week. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's coming. It is coming. It's crazy. Like I don't I haven't looked much into that lately, but I've I've seen a lot of articles and even YouTube videos about, you know, AI and well, when Elon Musk is telling everyone to keep AI in the box, you know it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Comic Book Cinema where we bring you the best comic book movie content. Nerdy Dustin, why don't you tell us where we can find you on social media? You can check me out at Geek Pulse on YouTube, or you can find me at Movies with Nerdy Dustin 2.0 on TikTok. Guys, thanks once again, and boom, 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 boom. Have a wonderful day.